Hi, I'm Elena Joe, and this is episode number 28 of Big Picture Relationships. How big is grace? Now, you might think of grace as just a Christian religious word. We'll talk a little bit about that. But today I'm going to talk about grace on this big, grander scale. There are lots of situations where we have differing lifestyles, differing opinions, different ways of life, different standards. People get heated about those and really concerned. And today I just hope that we can increase our understanding of the ability to trust that grace does not need to put things into finite boxes that we can better understand here and now. So jump in with me and let's talk about how we can increase in trusting the bigger, higher cosmic grace and being more gracious ourselves as we connect with other people. You'll see more what I mean in a minute. Let's get to it. This is Big Picture Relationships with Elena Joe, a therapist sharing insights, ideas, and real-life pep talks that encourage you to expand your perspective, maybe shift some behaviors, and make the most of real-life relationships so you can live a happy life right now. The other day at lunchtime, I was talking with a few of the boys in my program, a few of my teenagers sitting around at lunch. They're really cool guys to hang out with. And we were talking about a universal income. If you're not familiar with that, there's this idea that if everybody works to the best of their ability and we're all paid the same living wage, things would be pretty equal. And don't worry, I'm not going to wax all socialist on you, but I really kind of like this idea. So we were sitting around talking about the benefits of it. I know that it has lots of flaws, so don't worry, I'm not going to debate this with you. But let's just think about some of the pros for a second. It really offers some fairness of life opportunities and the same like right to a good level of living for a wider variety of people. It doesn't matter what the genetic lottery somebody is born with. Like, let's take me. I was born to parents with great IQs, so I'm lucky to have an IQ that doesn't limit me. I don't have mental health or disability that get in the way. I was raised to learn how to make eye contact and shake hands and all these things that gives me great privilege. And so maybe it'd be worth it for me to work a little bit harder and to do better and to have more expected of me because of my starting out place. And others could work at their own level and ability with the best that they could do, and yet we could get the same paycheck. So that's kind of a nice idea, right? At least that we could all start from the place that we're at and give our best and have equal opportunities. Well, I know that that's probably never going to pass and there are many anti-socialist type of people, so we're not going to go into that, but I do have the power to do one thing that's a little bit like this. And we all have the power to live in a way that brings about the greatest benefits of this idea, which is that we have the capacity for compassion and understanding and giving other people the benefit of the doubt when they live differently than us, choose differently, work differently than us. We have the ability to offer them something that I'm going to call today grace. Now, I know grace is typically a Christian word. You're probably thinking of it as, you know, a a Christian thing. But let me give you a different definition of grace. In the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it talks about a number of different definitions, but I picked out a few. So grace could be the disposition to act in an instance of kindness, courtesy, or clemency, which is like mercy. You know, clemency is offering somebody some mercy. Grace can also be a temporary exemption. So let's look at what exemption means. To exempt somebody is to free or release them from some requirement to which others are subject. So in other words, we could look at grace as offering a release from a requirement that other people may be held to. 
Now, grace as this great equalizing power, we can look at it a couple different ways. Now, grace as this great equalizing power, as this warm, fuzzy idea that fills in all the cracks and makes things right. Now, sometimes that can come from a redemptive power, a religious persona, such as a savior in the Christian tradition. Some may look at the universe or this great guiding principle or Mother Earth as full of benevolence and grace and the ability to bring things into alignment and make things right. Others may think of grace here just as charity, compassion, mercy. And today I'm going to talk about how, yes, we can think of that as either a divine being or the great cosmos having in our favor, but also the grace and the compassion that we can have for each other. So how big is that power? Here in this first section, we're really going to talk about divine grace. And when I say divine grace, you can think of that as from God, as from your higher power. You can think of that from the universe, from this greater kind of upper story, this greater purpose to which you ascribe. How big is that power? How limited is that power? How big can that grace be to make things right in the end, even if it's in a way that seems impossible to you? Let me give you a story before I wax any more abstract here. We have the cutest nanny that has helped out my family for a couple of years, and my kids all adore her, and she wants to be a nurse. And she's planned everything since the end of high school to figure out how to get into nursing school and taking jobs and prerequisites and all these awesome things to work toward her nursing degree. Well, she's the type of girl that has gone over the charts and the requirements and has spreadsheets and classes, and this semester was so important to her, and there is one particular class that she needed that everything else hinged on. And every time I've talked to her, she's worried about it, and she had to go to like quadruple the amount of classes here in this first week of school just in case there was an opening in one of these classes that she needed to get into because they were all full. And she was honestly working herself into anxiety attacks over trying to get into this one class because she could only see a couple of different ways that she had to accomplish this schedule to get her closer to her end goal. Well, finally, she went in and visited with a wise counselor at her college who looked at her spreadsheets and all her chicken scratches and trying to figure this out and said, Oh, honey, you don't even need that class. Let me show you a couple of different ways that you could do this. Now, imagine the relief figuring out that there were other ways she had not even thought of to accomplish this thing that she needed to do. She was so concerned with figuring out the couple of ways that made sense to her that it didn't even dawn on her that there might be creative alternatives to making this happen. How often do we, in our limited focus, think that there's only one or two or just a few, a handful of ways, right or wrong, to get things done? When in this view of grace, of this divine cosmic grace, there might be other answers. Is grace big enough? to make room for diverse lifestyles or diverse opinions that you might disagree with or think are wrong for you, but is grace big enough to somehow make it all right for somebody else in ways you can't even think of? Is grace big enough to take care of our LGBTQ friends who live better and happier lives in their truth instead of trying to fit into a mold that many, many people think should be one way or the other? Is grace big enough to let some people live outside the lines of your political party or your religion or a way of life that you think is pretty rigid and still call themselves a part of it? 
is grace big enough to let people leave a way of life or a religion that you know in your heart to be the truth and the best way? Is grace big enough to somehow equalize that it might be the right thing for that person? Because you see, my friends, we get so hung up on who's right and wrong, which path is the right or the wrong way to go, the way to do things. Even in those handful of examples I just barely gave, some of you are at the point that you can imagine that grace is enough to cover up the errors of somebody erring from something that you don't think to be true. But I'm asking you to think even bigger than that because I'm asking you to think beyond right or wrong. Is it possible that there's power out there to give answers and creative explanations and creative solutions that you haven't even thought of yet? Much like my nanny figuring out her schedule with somebody who was bigger and wiser. How big is the grace of your higher power, the great divine or universal power and truth to open your eyes, to open ways that you don't even comprehend? Because I'd like to posit today that grace is bigger than we can even comprehend. I think that us trying to understand the options available and right and wrong available to us is like trying to explain the entire digestive process to a six-month-old. I think that our understanding in these brains of ours, in this limited body of ours, and our comprehension and our understanding is so small in scale compared to the cosmic power available. And that's sort of the problem with this information age. We think that we know everything or that we could at least find out everything. All we got to do is hop in Google or get a degree or read a book or find an expert. And we are so sure of our truths that we try to apply them to other people. We think that we found something that works for us that we know in our heart and even through our own revelation and being in tune with our higher power we feel is right. So we debate it. We hold people to our standards. We get in fights about it. Sometimes we even grow heated and there are hurt feelings over differences because people are so sure of the truths that they've found. But let's take a few steps back. How much do we really know? You know that old adage, like the older I get, the more I, or the, I don't know, the more I learn, the more I realize how much I don't know. There's a bunch of varieties of that, but you know, the older and wiser you get, the more you realize how much you don't know. I can't even tell you the amount of things I don't know. I can't even tell you how my voice gets inside this microphone, through these wires, into my laptop, across the magic of the internet, to your player or ear pods. Like, how is this happening? I know there's science to it, but I don't understand it. I could never explain it to somebody. My understanding of this is like a child's or maybe like an ants. This is a podcast for ants. (laughs) Anybody love Zoolander? Okay, anyway, so isn't our understanding, you think of, of cosmic energy, of the great divine, of all the power in the universe available to us much the same way? So trying to tell great divine grace or tell the universe that something has to be one or the other or fit in this neat little category or this nice little box or this one path is laughable. Trying to think that we can figure out the answers to ethical debates and various paths for the billions of people on earth is really naive of us. It would be like me telling my vocal cords how to work, telling my microphone what to do, trying to boss around my computer and tell the internet how to get this message to you. It's ridiculous because I know nothing compared to the overwhelming scale of things that are actually going on. So this is where I'm switching gears to talk about 
our grace, our mercy, our compassion, our humility, and our ability to let that bigger, higher divine grace fill in the gaps and the cracks of things we don't understand and to make them okay in a big picture that we can't dictate. Can we have the grace to accept that we don't know everything? We can't apply what works for us to every other person and we can't understand all circumstances. Now, I'm not saying to give up all sense of right and wrong and to give up all standards that there's no such thing as a better or worse way for you to live because there is. You should have decisions about what is good for you and good for your immediate family. You should have rights and wrongs and codes of conduct and ways that you live. I'm saying though that those are personal. You get to decide that for your own self and your own family. You get the right to decide your course, your values, your standards, and to teach them to your young children as you're shaping them. Do that. Have values, have standards, have traditions, have opinions. Do what works in the sphere that you know. But then again, I ask you, how big is your grace for other people and other situations that you don't understand? And I want to push you a little bit to say that even if you think you understand them, how graceful are you in admitting that even your siblings or your spouses, your partners, even your older kids have a right to their own unique experience of things that might be a little bit different than you? Now I'm waxing really abstract. Let, let me apply this to a situation. Are you ready? A really good friend of mine was telling me just today about some of his boys. This friend of mine holds his religion very dear. He has a position of leadership and of teaching in his religion. And he has one son who did everything right and followed that church path and served a church mission. And it was a big proud experience for his son to come home and a very, very spiritual moving experience to have a son successfully complete service in his church. And he has another son who took a very different path and was a very creative, outside-the-box kind of kid. And my friend told me today, with tears in his eyes, that the experience of watching this son graduate boot camp was as moving and as powerful a spiritual experience as watching his other son complete a mission. This friend of mine is the very example of trusting in that higher grace to somehow make that path okay and that course the right thing for his son. And also he is an example to us of having the personal grace to offer that to his son, to be gracious and to be proud and successful of a path that might be different than he himself would choose, but he's gracious enough to acknowledge that there is more than one way to do things and every person is an individual and there's this bigger, greater grace power to make things right. So is it possible that you, not understanding another person's sexuality, can hold your own value about, about whatever you think sexuality should be, what marriage should be, but still love and support another person doing what works for them and trust grace to make it all okay somehow. And no, remember, I don't mean grace that means that they're wrong and God's grace will need to like make it right for them, but that there might be some other creative answer and explanation we don't even grasp right now that makes both of you right in the higher sense. Is it possible to love your religion and to devote your life path to it Trusting that grace makes things right for others who have their own reasons for leaving? There are so many, I know so many people who are wounded, rejected, and have valid stories and traumas or reasons that church is a painful place or an invalidating place or an uncomfortable place to be. 
And I know some churchgoers have ideas and answers for how to quote unquote fix that. But again, I'm asking, is your graciousness big enough to accept that the divine, universal, higher cosmic grace might be finding a more creative way to make their path okay? Now, let me flip this. Is it possible to those of you who may have left organized religion, who are kind of getting that pushback from family and friends who think you should be there, do you have the grace to acknowledge that some people can really find that church path true and validating and that their experience is very different than yours? Do you have the grace to acknowledge that that might be best for them and it can be a beautiful and sacred experience for them even if you disagree with it and even feel like it might be healthy for them? Next one. It is okay to hold standards of living, make decisions for yourself, but can you accept that others might be different than you even if they're part of your group or your church membership? So ready? I'm going to push some of you. I know many people who reach the same baseline level of mood or happiness or anxiety that, for example, I'll use myself here, that I feel every day. Many people who are a little bit anxious, a little bit depressed, come up to my normal baseline when they've had a couple of drinks or perhaps a small amount of marijuana in them. Does that make them wrong? Let me tell you an anonymous story. A friend of mine talked about a client of theirs who actually works at their church's head office, like church headquarters, who has this code of conduct against, you know, drugs and all that. And this person has such great anxiety that every night they take a couple of hits from a joint of marijuana. That is the only way that this person can cope with their anxiety. They've tried many anti-anxiety medications with horrible side effects. And the best thing that works for them is marijuana in a state here where it's not legal. And the church has a strict and a renewed strict code of conduct against it. Is that person wrong? And before you answer that, it's a trick question because we can answer that for ourselves. I myself, Elena, I don't struggle with that. So for me to take a hit from a joint every night would be wrong in my code of conduct. I don't need that. It doesn't operate in me the same way. But I can start to see with grace and compassion how other people's experiences are so different than mine that perhaps, well, number one, I don't get to judge them. But number two, there's a higher, bigger divine grace that I don't understand here. And number three, I try to offer that same graciousness and acceptance of the fact that I don't know everything and I can't claim what's right or wrong for other people. Thinking of grace as the great equalizer might make their behavior okay somehow in this divine way we don't understand, even as they can honestly say that they're honoring that church code of conduct. So how does that sit with you? Those of you who have a really literal interpretation of right and wrong, black and white, that might sit uncomfortably and you feel like that's against your interpretation. But let's think about vegetarians for a minute. This kept coming to mind as I was thinking about this. Is a vegetarian still a vegetarian if they have a hamburger once in a while? Is your grace and your benevolence toward other people big enough to leave that decision of what they can claim up to them, between them and their own code of conduct, between them and their higher power, between them and what's going on in their lives? Now, there is no simple way to wrap up this complex subject here. I hope that I have just given you some new things to think about. How big is grace? How big do you think is the power of that divine cosmic grace that's out there? And to think about it in the religious sense of the word, grace is described as unlimited. It is infinite. It is so big we can't comprehend it. And I think it can make 
lots of things right in ways that we don't even comprehend yet that's bigger than just deciding if something's right or wrong. Now, how big, lastly, can your personal grace stretch to give other people the space to find their best path that's between them and their higher power, between them and their creator? In conclusion, I know I've said a lot today, and if this is abstract or fuzzy or you're not sure what the heck I'm saying, let me just conclude it this way. My whole pitch this week is that there are solutions we haven't even dreamed of yet. And I hope that we all can have the grace to stop trying to put things into finite boxes of understanding that makes sense to us and instead lean heavily on compassion, clemency, understanding, and acceptance of others. Thanks so much for being with me. I will talk to you guys next time. Visit www.elenajo.co for show notes and random photos along with any handouts mentioned in this episode. Find elenajo.co on Instagram for daily big picture reminders and join the big picture email list for an occasional pick-me-up in your inbox from Elena Joe. Thanks for joining us.